the discounting sometimes that we do, the disregard almost for the wisdom and the knowledge of the previous generation is very damaging. And Pesach, the festival of Pesach, really teaches us something very, very different. You are listening to The JP Show, where we discuss the issues you care about from a Jewish perspective. I am Rabbi G. I am Rabbi Levy. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to The JP Show. I am Rabbi G. And today I wanted to talk about who should learn from who. And I'm talking about the younger generation and the older generation and so on. And I was inspired to talk about this because in a couple of weeks, we have the festival of Pesach. We know that a great theme of the festival of Pesach is families sitting together, multiple generations, grandparents, parents, children, and so on, and having a Seder together. And of course, a Seder doesn't only mean telling a story or eating food. It also means experiencing personal freedom, experiencing spiritual freedom, as we know. And one of the greatest themes of the Seder is the fulfillment of the mitzvah, the Higadah Televincha, which means to say the Haggadah, to tell the story. But the Torah gives us a particular context in how it should be fulfilled and how it should be done. And that is the Higadah Televincha, which means you should tell it to your children. The older generation passing it on to the younger generation. So there's this great theme of passing on the learning, passing on the inspiration, um, teaching what they know to us who don't know. And I was thinking about this whole concept of younger people and older people, and we live in a very unique generation because um, I know that even in parenting con- context, they talk about parenting being much more challenging nowadays because it's, it's one of the unique generations where children know much more than their parents. They have much more a handle on modern modernity or modern technology and so on. And there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, we, we are living in a generation where we know more about things than our previous generations did. The medical advancement today is unbelievable. The technological advancement today is unbelievable. Um, what we know today scientifically uh, and in many, many different areas of learning is more than the previous generations. Awareness, let's take a couple of examples. Awareness in mental health, for example, is more advanced. Dealing with mental health, for example, is more advanced. There's so many things today that seem to be clearly more advanced. And I think there's a tendency, therefore, for younger people to, for the younger generation, and include myself in that category to some degree, um, to discount the previous generation, to discount those that are older than us to sort of look at them as they don't understand as much as we do. They don't know as much as we do. Now, it is true that we know a lot more than they do in certain things, and and we know that when we look at some some older people who are really young at heart and passionate and enthusiastic, they will have no problem learning with and from the people who who are younger than them, which is is incredible. Um, The Pirkei Avot tells us that if someone... Um, has a childlike mindset and is always inquisitive and always ready to learn, then they can always absorb knowledge. And that what that some of the commentaries explain what that means is that no matter how old they are, they're able to learn from everyone, including those that are much, much younger than them, which is a beautiful trait. But we also need to look at ourselves, the younger people, those that are younger, and 
develop a similar mindset, but even more so, because the discounting sometimes that we do, the disregard almost for the wisdom and the knowledge of the previous generation, is very damaging. And Pesach, the festival of Pesach, really teaches us something very, very different. <clears throat> it says, no, we cannot continue to be a nation, we cannot continue to be a people, we cannot really grow and experience personal freedom unless we sit and listen to those that came before us and those that are older than us. And maybe if we could just mention a couple of things that we can understand why, it's so, why that is so important. Number one, there's something to be said about life experience. No matter how much we know, no matter how much this generation can discover and can, and can master facts and information, the wisdom of the elderly, the wisdom of life experience can never be matched. So that's number one. I think the second thing to consider is that it appears, especially in our generation, we live in a very materialistic um, generation, and we live also in a generation that values are on the decline. We're very into instant gratification, we're very into sort of getting what we need now and enjoying life because we have such abundance. And we lose that sense of purpose. Now, <clears throat> purpose and values are really the foundation, the bedrock of human experience. No matter how much you know, no matter how much you master, no matter how much you have, without solid foundation of values and purpose, life is meaningless and life is emptiness and life then brings unhappiness. And therefore, one of the critical reasons why we need to look to the previous generations is because they had more values than we do. They had sort of a sense of purpose that sometimes is missing in our generation. And it's so important to look at those that maybe came from other countries or came from a different lifestyle, came from a, a more difficult lifestyle, and yet lived with amazing purpose and values, and look at them for the guidance of how to bring values into our life. We might know more about health. We might know more about relationships even to some degree, but we don't know more about values. They know more about values. We need to look for them for that guidance, which, le which leads into also the, the materialism concept which we spoke about before. That's the third idea. They were happy. There was a certain happiness. Now, this is not a, a hard class rule. Of course, there were those that weren't un that were, that were unhappy. There were those that lived really, really terrible lives. But all in all, we find that they were resilient in a way where they managed to find happiness, they managed to find sort of focus with much little. The abundance of our generation, the amazing amount of resources and wealth that we have to our disposal, surprisingly, perhaps, has not brought more happiness, clearly. I look at my own grandparents, they were much happier than our generation. And therefore, the experience, the purpose, the values, the um, sense, of, sense of happiness and resilience is something that only those that are older, some of the things, there's more, but only some of the things those that are older can give to us that we can't give to ourselves. And therefore, we need to learn the lesson of Pesach and respect the elders, listen to them, hear their wisdom, be inspired by their experience, and let them guide us and help us truly grow. That's my opening message, and we'll continue soon with some discussion. Hey, Rabbi Levy, you're younger than me, but I can still learn from you. All right, so this is actually a very interesting discussion um, about the younger generation versus the older generation. And I think one of, the, one of the main questions that people ask 
was were they happier or are we happier? Um, that's actually a very hard question to answer, I think. Like, you have to actually go a little bit deeper. How do you measure happiness? What is happiness? How do you measure happiness? So I was just thinking before, before we started this uh, discussion, in the following questions, put it in this context, is pursuing happiness, is that pursuit actually a good thing? Uh, you know, in the, uh, I think it's in the American, the, I'm not sure if it's in the Constitution or Declaration of Independence, I'm not so uh, well-versed in America, in American history, but somewhere there, there's the expression, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? So is that actually a Torah Jewish value to pursue happiness? And I'll, and I'll, and I'll tell you what I mean. To be happy is a very Jewish thing. Uh, actually, one of the fundamental parts of serving God is to be happy. Ivdu as Hashem besimcha, the first tells us we have to serve Hashem with joy. Uh, the, the Svarim of Musar and Hasidus are filled with this idea of the importance of serving Hashem with joy and being a joyous person and a happy person. But the question is, is that and the pursuit of happiness actually the same thing? And what I mean by that is, is being obsessed with the goal of being happy, number one, is that a good thing? And number two, will it actually even make you happy? Because what I think, and I'm interested to what we have to say about this, what I think about the previous generation is that they weren't actually that concerned, am I happy or am I not happy? That, that question, they didn't ponder about that too much. Like, am I happy today? Am I not happy today? Probably partially because they didn't have time and energy to think about it because they were too busy surviving. Uh, most of the previous generation didn't have an easy life like we have today. But part of it, I think, is, is deeper than that, and that they were more obsessed with the question, what am I committed to? What, do I, what is my role in life? What do I need to accomplish? What do I, as a spouse, as a parent, as a member of a community, of, of a member of the Jewish religion, what is my role, I think, was more on their, the forefront of their mind than am I happy? Am I reaching happiness? Am I pursuing happiness? What do you think? you think it's a healthy thing to pursue happiness? So I think you're spot on. And the secret is in the word of pursuit, like you said, right? See, and, and for many reasons. First of all, when you pursue something, why do you pursue it? Like you pursue happiness. What does that mean? So, first of all, you're pursuing something outside of you. Mm. And that's the first mistake. Happiness is done, doesn't come from outside of us. Because, as we know, there's a tremendous confusion between pleasure and happiness. Pleasure is something that comes from outside. And you can pursue. And when some people pursue happiness... They kind of confuse that with pursuing pleasure. Pleasure is okay once in a while, but the pursuit of pleasure does not bring happiness. On the contrary, sometimes it actually brings unhappiness because it's empty. So, like you say, is there a mitzvah to be to be happy? Yes. There's a mitzvah to infuse happiness in what we do. In other words, there's a mitzvah like it, there's no way in the Torah that says you should be happy. It doesn't say that. It says you should serve God with happiness. In other right. words, you should find happiness in what you do. Right, and I think that's hundred percent right. So therefore, therefore, it's. I think the previous generation was much more happy. You know, I think I don't know if we mentioned this before, but my grandfather, um, something I only spoke about, or only thought about much, much later, because I always thought like he must have had a really good life because he he was always happy. He was like a really healthy, inwardly happy person. Right. Tony later I realized no, he actually had a terrible life. Um, lost his mother when he was very young from starvation. He, he had to, they were very, very poor, and so on and so forth. And it was just this amazingly happy individual. Mm. Because I think he had a tremendous, it's got to do with a sense of purpose. So 
what brings happiness, real happiness, comes from within, and it comes, it's fed by uh, a sense of, an inner sense of contentment, which comes from meaning and purpose. There's research on this. I mean, the Torah is full of this concept, but there's now modern research on it, that meaning brings happiness. There's a, even a book by a, an Australian psychologist called Hugh Mackay, which talks, it's called Life of Meaning, um, or something like that, and, and it's, it's exactly what he talks about, that giving, finding purpose brings happiness. Um, and that's what we need to pursue. So we need to, and I think that's what happened much more in the previous generations that much, like I said before, a much stronger sense of purpose, which means they were much happier because they were, they had, their life was meaningful. It was purposeful. It was um, a life of content. It was life of love where they actually had a higher calling. Right. I think sometimes when people say like, I'm pursuing happiness, it, it sometimes could be, I'm not saying always, but sometimes it could be, Another way of saying I'm pursuing my own ego. Like right. I, I want to have like an easy, um, you know, and, and, and I think it's like this in everything, uh, in every area of life. I'm not sure if they were actually even obsessed with the question, am I in a happy marriage at the moment? Like, just obviously to point out, like whenever we talk about these things, obviously there's, we're talking about more like the sort of middle of the road here. Obviously, I'm not saying... If, if somebody is, 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 is very depressed, of course, they should seek help and obviously seek to feel better about themselves and then because they're not functioning properly. I'm talking about just a sort of regular uh, run-of-the-mill uh, type, of, uh, type of situation. I don't know if they were constantly thinking throughout their marriage, like, am I in a happy marriage? Is this working? Is this good? Is, you know, I think they were probably actually more focused on, or I think we should all be more focused on, what do I need to do here? What, what is my role in this situation? How can I be a better spouse? Do you so you know, that, yeah. Do you think that's correct? No, I think you're 100% right. I think, well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you how that plays out, right? The word pursuit, when you're pursuing something, it's normally about pursuing something for yourself. When you're pursuing purpose, it's more about doing something for something or someone else. Right. Very fundamentally different. That transcends yourself. Yeah, that transcends yeah. you, like just connection to God or, or kind, kindness to other people and so on, right? So it's more selfless. Purpose is much more selfless, whereas... Pursuit of happiness is actually... Uh, More of a selfish oh, pursuit. Oh, it is, it is. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean we should uh, actively be sad. No, on the contrary. We, we, should, we should have a goal of being happy, but it's not through pursuit of happiness. Right. Ironically, the less you think about it and the Correct. more you think about what is my role in life, my mission, my meaning, Correct. the happier you'll be. Correct. So how, how do you balance this? Like, so, like, so is it a good thing? Let's take the example of, of, of marriage, for example. Is it a good thing if there's so many books about how to have a better marriage, how to have a happier marriage, and, and like almost like obsessed with like reading and exploring and more information and more information, more information. Is that actually making marriages happier? Is, is in general, books about happiness and, and how to be happier, and, and is that actually making people happier? Well, it's a funny thing because today there are tons and tons of books about happier marriage or better marriage, right? We also know that marriages are not doing very well. So one, right. one of two things are happening. Either no one's reading the books or the book's something wrong with them. Right. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's a bit of both. I don't know. Right. But, but I think it depends what the focus is, right? I mean, I think um, there's nothing wrong about, about giving marriage classes. I do that myself. And, 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 and talking, about, talking about Shalom Bay, which is peace in the home. But I, I think it's always got to be the foundation of those discussions have to be about how do I transcend self? Uh, without negating self, of course. I mean, we, you know, both we've talked about this before. Both people have to be part of the relationship, but it's more about what can I do for the other. That's what it is. It's more about selfless love rather than selfish love. About about respect for another person. Those are fundamental core life values which become much more emphasized, much more important and critical in in relationships, particularly marriage. 
But if it's about how do I make this beautiful and how do I make this work and how do I make this cause happiness, then you've got the wrong focus. It's not a it will bring happiness if you, like we said before, if you focus on the purpose, it'll bring happiness. If you focus on happiness, you won't become happy. Right. I wanted a, just a sort of in the more general discussion here about the previous generations. I want I, I, I wanted a very good analogy that if you're walking in a field and you see a big wall and you have no idea like why is this wall here? It seems to be like there's no purpose of this wall here. Like we should we should just knock it down, it's in the way. So there's two types of reactions someone can have. A more ignorant reaction and a more sort of a reaction which has less of less thought into it is just let's knock down the wall. Like what's it doing here? A more sensible reaction is to try and investigate why is this wall here? Uh, maybe there's a lion behind the wall. I don't know. Maybe there's something dangerous behind the wall, right? So I want to this analogy given for like the, the current generation which we live in. Many times we look at things that were done in the previous generations and the way people behaved and the way society was and we just tend to knock down all the walls. But actually, now, of course, there were terrible things that were done in previous generations, which of course we have to knock down. Um, all types of evils that have been done throughout all generations uh, that, of course, it's very good that we hopefully are working to get rid of. But not every wall needs to be knocked down. We have to actually investigate. What is this doing here? Why did they? And I'm, I mean, well, of course, when it comes to Torah values, there is not even a question. There, the wall is obviously there for a reason. We just have to figure out why it's there. But even not necessarily Torah values, meaning just sort of the way society ran, um, the way they educated children in the previous generations, for example. Uh, you know, was it all bad? Do we have to knock down the entire wall? Or, or we have to investigate, well, why did they do this? Maybe it, it worked for many years, so maybe we should try. I think that's, a, I think that's a great analogy. Um, put it in different words, maybe. Like, even though there are many things that we can improve on, but we should never throw the baby out with the bathwater. And that's what people tend to do. So, like you said, education, for example. I once saw, I once saw a school that was advertising... And uh, essentially, they were advertising for a fundraiser. But anyway, but they were trying to sell right. their school, and uh, a Jewish school, and, and they were um, advocating or pr promoting the modern um, advancements they'd made in the educational system. And the way that the advertiser was, they showed like a video of like an old shtetl, and made it sound like really archaic and dark and terrible and dreary and and dismissive and so on and so forth, and like. Point was, but we now do this differently. We do it amazingly differently. And we value each child and all that kind of stuff. And I was, I was plainly, to be honest, I was really angry. I'm, I'm in education. I'm, a, I, I, you know, my background is education. Other things that were done in the shtetl, you know, that the kid that learned difficulties, they didn't recognize this, they didn't know how to handle kids, so they just smacked them. Of course, that was done. On the other hand, there was educational values that were far superior than ours. Far superior. Who produces the greatest scholars? I'm talking about even in a Jewish context, right? The greatest Jewish scholarship came from the shtetl education. Right. The greatest Jewish educational innovation came from the, those haters that you see in the pictures where they sat around the table and the malamed, they had no resource, they didn't have a, forget about a, forget about a smartboard, they didn't even have a blackboard, right? right. <laughs> and, and, and the greatest, some of the greatest learning came out of that. And we need to, yes, we need to improve them. You know, we know more about how kids learn today. And therefore, we can be more inclusive. We can have, you know, there was times in, in the old generation. I'm just using your example of education where some kids just had to leave at 12 or 13 and, because they weren't academic. And go work, and, yeah. and go work. And so, yeah. so we can improve on that. Then God has given us the gifts to improve on that. That's why God gives us the gifts, to use them and to improve on certain things. But all those things need to be on the core foundational values that happened because they were better than ours, much, much better.
right. and they're educated better, and they and they and they instill much greater values. And we need to look and investigate. Yeah, so we have to sift out. People find it hard to do that because, like, they, it's either two all, truths at once. Yeah, two truths at once, all or nothing, that kind of thing, right? We don't have to have all or nothing. We can we can improve on the details, but we can also recognize that the experience and the values that they had was far superior than ours, and actually learn from it and know what to learn from. What do you think the old generation can learn from us, or is there anything? So I think they can they can benefit and learn from the. I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, a simple example, right? You know, I see I see certain older people who, like, I mean, I understand them because I'm a bit like that to a certain degree as well, where they just won't embrace technology in any way, for example, right? right? I don't know, we didn't do this when we were younger, we didn't learn this way when we were younger, I don't know, it's too much, I'm old, I'm too set in my ways. So being set in your ways is a bad thing, no matter how old you are. Um, and also it's very limiting. Now, for example, technology has an amazing, amazing opportunity, right? It also has amazing damage, but but Correct. but it has amazing opportunity. And I've seen older people, I mean, they just... I love looking. I love actually looking at very older people that are young at heart. Yeah. Who have learned to master an iPad, learned to master a, 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 a computer, and they and they use it out like in terms of learning new things. They, oh, I, I listen to the shiur on this, you know, older people. It's fantastic. So they can benefit and learn from the discoveries that we that we've made. We have we have the the the, the more the generation comes along, the, the greater the flow and 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 and, and revelation of, of scientific knowledge, of discoveries, of technology. And that's something they can learn for. They, they can learn usefulness. They can learn some of the things that we've been able to do which weren't possible in the previous generation. But I think, by and large, it doesn't say anywhere in the Haggadah that the child should teach the parents. As the parents teach child the child should ask the parents. Ask, The yeah. question and the answer is given right. by the parents. Right? So yes, and they do. So the exploration, exploring, being inquisitive, actually works one way, and it's healthier that way. Yeah. It works us smart people, we think we're smart people, learning, asking, exploring, being inquisitive, and trying to gain as much knowledge as we can and as much of the wisdom and experience that we can from those that came before us. And it's definitely like that from a Jewish perspective. I mean, we know that in, in, in Torah learning, the hierarchy is very important. Anyone that Absolutely. came in the times of the Talmud has much more authority than anyone who comes now, sure. right? So we always look towards the previous generations to guide us and to, and to yeah. show us the way. All right, everyone. So when you sit down to your Seder, learn from your grandparents, from your parents, and hopefully we'll uh, all continue to grow. Correct. We have to take an opportunity. We have to, you know, older people, we should use them while, they, while, they're, that, while they're still strong and healthy and with us. Yeah. We need to really cash in. Absolutely. So have a, have a wonderful, wonderful day, everyone. Wonderful day, wonderful week. Thank you for listening to The JP Show. For questions, comments, and feedback, please email rabbig at bina, B-I-N-A, dot com, dot A-U. See you next time.